I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. Did you know that there's apparently a cookie season? To me, cookie season is all year long, and I just really wasn't even aware that people thought of there being a cookie season until fairly recently over the holidays when somebody said to me, how's your holiday cookie baking going? And I wrote back, it was a text, I wrote back and I said, well, my holiday baking, I guess, is going fine, but not necessarily cookies. What do you mean? And then the person explained to me that apparently some people do this thing where they bake cookies every day. It's this compulsion, this test to see if you can bake cookies that you aren't even going to eat to pass along to your neighbor's hopefully before they pass theirs to you. I thought that was odd. I'm here to emphasize to you that you do not have to wait to the holiday season to bake cookies, even a lot of cookies. If you look at the cookalongpodcast.com, you will probably see on there more recipes for cookies than anything else because I have a passion for homemade cookies. I love them. And I have so many really good ones on the website there that I think it would be hard for you to choose, but you can listen to all of them and then decide if you feel as enthusiastic about cookies as I do. I have a new cookie to try today. This I got from the New York Times cooking. It's called Lemon Meltaways. And just those words together, I think, are what appeal to me. I like lemon and something that melts in your mouth seems good to me. It looks to me as though it's a kind of shortbread cookie which is also good. I love shortbreads. I'm not really clear that that's what we're going to get. The picture is a little ambiguous. There's just these beautiful little yellow discs with powdered sugar on top. So I thought we'd try them. I did, in reading the comments, discover that we probably want to make one recipe modification as we're going through this. So when I give you the ingredient list, I am giving it to you with the modification because there were enough people who said the same thing that I decided to trust them more than the original recipe. Your ingredients are one cup of unsalted butter, two cups of powdered sugar, also known as confectioner's sugar, two tablespoons of packed finely grated lemon zest, 
two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice, one egg yolk, two cups of all-purpose flour, a quarter of a cup of cornstarch, and a half a teaspoon of kosher salt. The modification that I just added, that you just heard, is in the amount of lemon zest. The recipe actually only calls for one tablespoon, and so many people said double that. You really need it if you want some bright lemon flavor. So that's what we're going to do today. This makes what they're calling 40 cookies, but they're going to be really, really tiny, like little wafers, I think. They're only going to be about an inch and a half across, so very small. And maybe we'll make them a little bit bigger than that. However, I don't need 40 cookies or even 30 cookies of the same kind loose in my house all at the same time. So I am only going to bake up half the batch. And the other half I'm going to freeze for later. And I'll talk about that when we get there. The do-aheads for this recipe are that your butter, that unsalted cup of butter, which is two sticks, should be softened. So you need to get it out ahead of time. Sorry, I know it's hard to get to this point in the podcast and then hear that you have a do-ahead that means you have to stop for a while. But you could also just cart it around in your jeans pockets or something for a bit to see if you can warm it up that way. That seems to work. The other thing you should know about this recipe is that the dough is going to chill for a couple of hours. So we don't have to preheat the oven. It's going to take a while before they're ready to cook. I saw a number of comments on the website that said people just did it without waiting for that two hours. I suspect that it just means that the cookies are more likely to spread. They're not going to stay as beautifully round as they will if we refrigerate it. So I may get tired of waiting at some point and not wait the full two hours. But let's pretend we're going to do it right. The equipment that you're going to need is an electric stand mixer, a zester, some parchment paper or plastic wrap. I think parchment paper will be easier, but we'll find out when we get there. And a couple of baking sheets with some more parchment paper. If you have a really large baking sheet, you'll only need the one. And if you're only making half a batch, you'll only need the one. I have read that a lot of people just did this by hand. I think that you certainly could do that if you have the patience and the arm strength. I'm not going to do that. I'm really only making a full batch of these because there's only one egg yolk in it. And if I were to try to cut it in half, I think I'd be sorry because I'd either have to use the whole thing or I'd have to try to figure out how much of it was half, and that just seems silly. So what I'm going to do is make the full batch of supposedly 40 little cookies, and then I will, I'm unwrapping my butter, that's what that sound is, and dropping it into the mixer bowl. Then I will make two rolls, because we have to roll them, and then cold them, roll them, and and then chill them, and I will put one of the rolls in the freezer at that time. So I have just put both sticks of softened unsalted butter in my mixer bowl. And now I am going to add one and a quarter cups of powdered sugar. Please note that that is not the full amount. A lot of people, when they made it, put the full two cups into the mix at this point. You don't do that. You're only going to put in one and a quarter cups. Five one quarter cup measures is the way that I did it. One other piece of equipment you might decide you want, but not for a long time ahead of us, is a sifter or a fine mesh sieve. 
Because these get dusted with powdered sugar, and it'll look nicer if it doesn't come out in clumps. All right, now we have to set that aside for a moment, that bowl with the butter and sugar, because we have to zest some lemons. I'm getting out my zester, and I have two lemons about the size of a racquetball, maybe a little bigger than that. And I'm just using my zester and going to scrape off as much of this outside as I can. We don't want to get that white part that's underneath the bright yellow skin because that is bitter. On the other hand, two tablespoons is a lot of lemon zest. And I don't know if I even, in two lemons, have enough surface space here to provide that much. So I may end up a little short. I'll use what I can, though. And then, of course, once they're zested, once their skin is missing, they aren't going to keep very well in the drawer in my refrigerator anymore. But sometimes I just go ahead and juice them and put that in some kind of container in my fridge because it will get used. You know, it gets used in sweet things, sour things, beverages, savory dishes. That lemon juice will come in handy. Part of the reason that I want to be sure to use as much lemon zest as close to that two tablespoons as I can is because I really like my lemon flavor to be pronounced. When I make my standard lemon bars, you know they have a shortbread crust and then there's the golden lemon gel in the next layer up. I have been through so many recipes for that stuff. I really love them. It's like little tiny squares of lemon pie, and I really enjoy them. But it's hard for me to find a recipe I really like because they're not lemony enough for me. Speaking of lemony enough, I think there's not really a lot left here on this particular lemon because I think I'm going to start to get the pith, and I do not want that. All right, I'm going to call that lemon done. Let's see what I got out of that. Mm, I would say I have half a tablespoon. I only have two lemons in the house, so my best intentions may not work out. The second lemon is a little smaller, in fact. I'm starting on that one now. The uh, rind seems to be a little thicker, but I'm not sure that's going to help me. Maybe I can go a little heavy on the lemon juice. I just don't want boring cookies. Life is too short for boring cookies. Of course, we all eat them anyway, right? We go, well, yeah, hmm, this is kind of meh. It's fine. Not really a great cookie, but it's okay. And we eat them anyway. I don't believe anybody stops and goes, you know, this cookie isn't good enough for me. <laughs> I'm not going to finish it. Who would do that? You always just, you know, finish it. Maybe you won't have a second one. Although, if a fair to middling cookie, if there's a pile of them right in front of me, even if I know at the first bite of the first cookie that it's only fair to middling, I will probably take another one off the stack because it's there, it's sweet. Like most Americans, I have a sugar addiction. And as I mentioned at the very top of this show, I love cookies. I love them. There's something about their size. There's something kind of personal about a cookie. They're so small and you're not sharing it. It's just going in your mouth. And you have a relationship with the cookie before you eat it. 
I never thought of it this way before, but it's definitely part of the appeal for me. It's not some great big thing. It's little. And you know what the other thing is? Because cookies are small-ish anyway, you can eat more than one. You get a big piece of cake or a piece of pie or something, you feel really kind of gluttonous for going back for more, right? It's like, uh, nobody's looking right. But with cookies... They are your personal partner in a very intimate little dance, and nobody has to know about your relationship but you and the cookie. All right, I'm done zesting. I don't think I'm going to get any more out of this. Let's see what I've got. If you don't have a zester, I should have mentioned that in the beginning. If you don't have a zester, you can use a grater because they want this really finely zested, which makes sense. You don't want big strings of lemon peel in your cookies. I used my zester, but you could use the side of a box grater if you needed to do that. If you don't have a zester, you might consider getting one. They are fairly inexpensive. You can get ones that will do the job for probably around six or seven bucks. And there we have whatever it's going to be. I think it must be close to two tablespoons, just maybe not tightly packed. It'll be fine. It's going to be good enough. Now, getting that bowl back out where we started with the butter and powdered sugar. We put the lemon zest in there in that bowl. And even if I don't have the full two tablespoons, what I do have is significantly more than what the recipe calls for. Now, we're going to put that on the mixer and mix it on low speed so that that powdered sugar doesn't fly all over the kitchen. I had a drawer open underneath my mixer here. I just decided I should close it so that I don't get powdered sugar flying into the drawer. All right, here we go. The uh, softened butter isn't perhaps as soft as I would have liked it to be. Despite it sitting on my kitchen counter for two days, my kitchen is the coldest part of my house. It's kind of at the far end and right next to the garage, so it gets a little cold. All right, I think now it's not going to fly around. So what we're going to do next is turn up the speed to about medium-high and let it go for about three minutes until it gets all light and fluffy. Now, while it's doing that, we're going to separate the egg. And for that, we just need a little bowl. We're going to crack the egg and then open it over the top of the bowl. And into the bowl is going to go the white part. Just carefully turn it up so half the shell is sitting like a cup. And the white part will just sort of roll off and it'll leave a bunch behind. So then you take the little cup and you dump it into the other half of the shell and just keep doing that and letting the white drip off. You'll find that most of that white is now gone. But if you really want to be sure you have only the yolk, you just dump it into your fingers. The yolk, once most of the white is gone and let whatever white is left drip between your fingers. And I'm just going to slip that yolk into this quarter cup measuring cup for a minute. And let's check on this fluffiness. Oh, it's getting quite fluffy. I don't know why they said it was going to take three minutes. It doesn't look to me like it's going to take three minutes. But we're going to let it keep going for a bit. And then we're going to squeeze one of these lemons that we peeled off. Just to get our two tablespoons. That is usually a full lemon's worth of juice. But these are pretty big, so I don't know that I'm going to need both halves of it. And of course, I have two lemons, both naked, so I may just squeeze all of it and save the juice in a container in my fridge. 
You can just squeeze those lemons with your hands if you don't have a citrus juicer. Oh, all right, it got significantly fluffier. Now it's almost white. It's like the color of the butter has gotten so blended out. All right, I'm gonna turn it off and just see how fluffy it feels. Oh, feels a little stiff. Well, I'm gonna let it keep going a minute. So we're about ready to put the lemon juice and the egg yolk in that batter. Well, that's good enough. It looks very fluffy. It looks, looks a little like meringue. It's good enough. All right, in there now. We're gonna put the egg yolk. Just slide that out of its little resting spot in the measuring cup and get a tablespoon measure and see how much of this lemon juice I have in this bowl. All right, there's one tablespoon. Well, that's interesting. That half of that lemon was almost exactly two tablespoons. That works for me, although now I have one and a half nude lemons I have to figure out what to do with. Just turn your mixer back on. I'm gonna turn it up to like medium so that it all gets blended in there. Yeah, the egg yolk doesn't really wanna emulsify, doesn't wanna be part of this mixture. All right, I'm gonna have to scrape down this bowl. There's no way that that is gonna come together with half of this butter stuff stuck to the side of the bowl. Okay, well, it feels quite soft. That's good. It wasn't as stuck as it looked. It just didn't want to move with the batter. It's always good to stop for a minute and scrape things down just in case there's stuff hiding at the bottom. I have that happen sometimes. I think everything's mixed in, and then at the very bottom when I go to empty the bowl, there'll be some butter or some unmixed sugar or something. All right, back up to medium. That's better. Now it's all becoming one thing. All right, now we have to create some dry ingredients. And I kind of want to combine those all in one container so that I can put them in slowly and not have everything splash all over the kitchen again. So into this sort of medium bowl that I didn't tell you you needed and you could do without. I'm gonna aerate my flour by stirring it around, getting some of that part that's densely packed down to loosen up a little bit. And then I'm gonna spoon the two cups into the measuring cup. If you scooped it and there was too much, I think it would make these cookies less than meltable and they're called meltaways. I hope that's for a reason. Maybe you guys are familiar with the term meltaways. I am not but maybe they're one of those holiday cookie things that people bake. I don't really care if I like these. They don't have to be consigned to the holidays. That's, that's crazy. Two cups of flour, quarter of a cup of cornstarch. I'm gonna have to spoon that out too, just because my measuring cup is too big to get into my cornstarch container. This is the stuff that goes everywhere. If you bump it in the wrong way, you will have clouds of this that go everywhere. One quarter cup. The cornstarch goes in with the flour. And now the only missing ingredient is the salt. And they specify kosher salt. What that means is if you use regular table salt or sea salt, your cookies are gonna be too salty because kosher salt is less salty. So anytime something says to use kosher salt, you gotta do it. And anytime it says regular salt and you only have kosher salt, you need to use a little extra. You can find a blog full of information about that. It's short on the website. 
I think it's called Kosher Table or C, something like that. You can learn a lot there. Now I'm just stirring this together so that it's mixed up. And then what, of course, we're going to do is add this to the lemon and butter. So I'm going to turn that on to low and just to keep it from flying out everywhere. And I'm going to add this whole mixture really slowly for the same reason. I want it to get incorporated instead of turning into a lump. And I don't want it flying all over my kitchen if I can help it. Hopefully this will be enough to kind of stiffen this up so that we can shape it a little bit into a log. There goes the last of it. Oh yeah, my mixer's having to work a little harder now. I'm stopping to scrape everything down in because after you add flour, I find, at least on my mixer, that the top of my mixer blade gets stuff that will never come off if I don't knock it off of there myself, and then it doesn't get mixed in. So I'm also, while I'm here, gonna go ahead and scrape down the sides a little bit, and then turn it back on for a minute. Okay. Well, it smells very lemony. It smells fabulous, in fact. But the dough is pretty wet, which is of some concern. Although I know it isn't supposed to be hard. It's described as being sticky, and certainly that's what we've got here. And what we have to try to do is roll it into logs, little tiny skinny logs, using some parchment paper. So I'm going to get enough for two logs, and then I'll cut this piece in half. I have to turn it curl side down or I'm never going to be able to put dough on here. All right, what we're doing now is dividing this dough in half. Once we get it all off of the beater blade, I see why they want us to refrigerate it. You couldn't cut it. It's too sticky. It's too wet to cut. Oh, it smells so good. Really, it has superseded the smell of the Sunday sauce I have cooking in my slow cooker. This is my first Sunday sauce. Sunday sauce is the sauce you make on Sunday because it takes a really long time to cook so that you have red sauce for the rest of the week. It's your one day of cooking. And then you use the sauce all week for meatball sandwiches or spaghetti or lasagna or pizza or whatever. And I shouldn't be telling you about that. It has absolutely nothing to do with this recipe today. But I've been smelling that all afternoon, and now all I can smell is this really scrumptious lemon smell. So what I have here is almost more like a batter than a dough. I mean, it's not liquid, but it's a long way from stiff. I guess if I was scooping this out onto cookie sheets, it might be about the right consistency, which is probably why a lot of people said they just took it at this point and scooped it. There was one person who said that they actually just rolled it flat. I guess you'd still have to chill it. And then they cut it with a shot glass to get their little circles. Shot glass is about two inches wide, or at least mine is. I am just going to guess at what half of this is. And I'm going to use my spatula here that I've been scraping the bowl with and put half of the dough on one of these strips of parchment paper. And the other half of the dough on the other piece of parchment paper. <laughs> oh, this is going to be nuts. This is going to be crazy to try to roll this out. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just 
right now, glopping it all onto this paper, trying to make the amounts look about the same on both pieces. It doesn't even want to come off the spatula. It's that sticky. And there's quite a lot of dough here, actually. I'm trying to put it in sort of a line. Don't try to aim for that because you'll never get it. I just mean that I'm not piling it all in a mountain. I'm trying to place it more like a river along those pieces of parchment paper. Holy smoke. This is going to be so interesting. I'm cleaning out the last of the bowl. Getting it off the spatula with my fingers and off my fingers with the spatula. And then here's what we're going to do. We're gonna pick up one edge on the long side of this parchment paper, curl it over the top, and start rolling it so that I actually have kind of a roll here. And then just keep going until the parchment paper's all rolled up. And then roll that around a little bit, stretching this out into a log. I'm just sort of squeezing it a little bit from the middle to get the dough to go out toward the ends. And then I'll roll it a little bit. It doesn't have to be perfect. Oh, we don't want wrinkles in it like that though. That's not gonna work. I'm unwrapping it a little. See if I can get those wrinkles out. That's not gonna help. Well, I have a log here now. I'm just yanking the paper just to get the wrinkles out and then I will rewrap it gently this time. And we want this about an inch and a half wide. So if I put my thumb and my middle finger together to meet, that's probably more like two inches, but that's what I'm gonna leave it at. I can make a ring around that roll with my thumb and my middle finger. Now I'm doing the same thing with the other batch, the other piece of parchment paper. <laughs> um, this one's a little trickier. I did not spread it out as well and I haven't got as much of a lengthy thing as I do a little bit of a mound. But I got it rolled around there and I, I'm just again stretching it out with my hands a little bit, trying not to make those wrinkles this time because I think that will make it hard when I try to open it. And I'm just rolling it, rolling it over and over a little bit to stretch that dough out because I think this one's got a little more dough in it. So it's gonna have to go a little more toward the ends if I wanna keep it about the same size as the other one. And now that I've mentioned to you what my measurement basis is, I actually have a way to check it. There, that's about the same. My thumb meets my middle finger and now we have two rolls wrapped in parchment paper. I'm sorry about all the noise that entailed. I'm sure it was loud and crackly, but we had to do what we had to do. Now these go in the refrigerator, both of them. We're gonna put them in the refrigerator for maybe two hours. We'll see if I last that long before I decide it's time to do something else to them. But right now they're going in the fridge and one of them will go into my freezer. Actually, I could do that right now. Just take one of these and I think I will wrap it in plastic around this parchment paper and stick it right in my freezer. If you decide to do that as well, I know that when you wanna cook them, you have to take them out of your freezer a little bit ahead of time so it can soften enough that you can cut them without them cracking. So that's just something to keep in mind for later if you decide to do what I'm doing. Go away, come back, 
when you cannot stand waiting anymore, I don't care if that's 45 minutes or if it's an hour and a half or if it's the whole two hours, come back when you really just want to make cookies and we'll finish these, okay? 15 or 20 minutes before you want to bake your cookies, you need to turn your oven on to preheat to 350 degrees and move a rack to the middle of the oven. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, it's been an hour and a half and I'm tired of waiting. So, I'm going to go ahead and do the next step. If you want to keep waiting, you go right ahead. But you can listen to me now so you know what you're going to do. And then you can time it however it suits you. Yes, this is me getting out a baking sheet. And I'm going to be loud again because I need to put some parchment paper on it. I feel like I have the best parchment paper, which comes from Costco. And yet even that, after a while, doesn't tear properly along this metal thing. I just unwrapped the log. It's not pretty or uniform in any way. But now I'm going to get myself, hmm. I could use a knife here. I could use a cheese cutter. They talk about a cheese cutter in the recipe you know, one of those wire kind, which I happen to have. I don't think I want to work that hard trying to keep that even. I know it makes sense to do it, but I don't think I'm gonna. I'm smashing the end of the log in so that I have a flat end to start with on both sides. It's probably too soft because I didn't give it its full two hours. And I'm gonna go ahead anyway. So getting these little circles, we're gonna put them up so they're about a quarter of an inch deep. They're about an inch and a half across and we're gonna put them about an inch apart, maybe a little more than that. And I'm hoping to get them all on one cookie sheet. That's my goal. So far in this batch, I have nine. So I think I'm gonna get about 18. 
maybe 20, which, you know, it told me it was going to make 40 cookies. And, of course, I froze half of it, so it may make almost that. And now I have 18. <laughs> and I have 1, 2, 3, 4 more slices here. Where am I going to put them? I'm going to start a tiny little cookie sheet. I got a couple of little ones from my toaster oven. And I'm going to put them on a separate sheet. I might even have a leftover scrap of parchment paper up here. New. New. I've used them all. All right. Here we go. Making noise again. Sorry. And let's put these four on a separate sheet. When your oven reaches temperature, you're going to bake these for 12 to 17 minutes. And you really, really need to keep an eye on them because they need to be golden around the edges, but not brown all the way through. They should still be golden yellow kind of color. You don't want to overcook them. And it's easy to do that if you're doing the whole batch and you have two cookie sheets worth you want to do two things halfway through. So set your timer for six or seven minutes. Halfway through, you want to switch the top pan and the bottom pan. And you want to swap the front for the back. So they get turned around in two directions, essentially, so that they're cooking evenly. And then just really, really watch them. You do not want them to brown except just around the very, very edges. When you have got them where they're just golden on the edges and nowhere else, pull them out, set them on a cooling rack for a few minutes. And as you set them on that cooling rack, come on back to me and we'll finish this up. How fun. I can't wait to try these. Well, mine didn't even take 12 minutes. I did six minutes on the first side and about five and a half minutes on the second side, and they are really quite ready. According to the description, I wouldn't have wanted them to get any browner. I'm going to let these cool for a couple of minutes just so they can be handled. I left them on the cookie sheet. They are um, sweet little things. Well, at least I hope they're going to be sweet little things. I'm going to take a picture so you can see them. And the picture will, of course, be on the website. They're not done yet, though. The next thing is you want to measure out the remaining three-quarters cup of powdered sugar. And then get your sifter or your fine mesh strainer. And holding this mesh strainer or sifter over your cookies, you're going to dump the powdered sugar in and let it dust the top of these cookies. Don't be too generous. You want some sugar on each cookie. But we want to do the back side as well. So don't use up all your sugar on this top side. A lot of it is going on the parchment paper. And I'm aware of that. And it seems like a waste. But maybe we can find a way to use it later. Then you need to just flip those cookies over. They're a little hot, so be careful. But all of them, turn them right over. Oh, Lordy, if I'd left them any longer, they'd have burned. These are really quite brown on the bottom. I'm not happy with that. Boy, they didn't even have that first 12 minutes. Well, the powdered sugar will hide a little of that extra brownness. And next time I'll know. And then use the rest of that sugar on the back side. Now, I'm only doing half a batch, of course, because the other half is in my freezer. So I am not using a full three-quarter cup on this half batch. I figured out that 
Half of that was six tablespoons, which in and of itself is quite a lot. So much of this is going on the parchment paper. How is it supposed to get on the cookies? Here, I know I'm supposed to be the expert, but it's not happening. Maybe when I can take these off the sheet and put them in some kind of container, I will... Oh, see, now I'm flipping them back over the other side, and there's not that much sugar on the top side. I should have done the bottom side first. Okay, so now there's all this sugar. You can smear the cookies in it, although they won't be as pretty. Or you can turn them over and tap whatever you got left over the top again. Wow, it's like it just all came off. This is not okay with me. Dang it. And it's all on the parchment paper. It now has landed on all my clean dishes. Because, of course, that's what it would do. Now I still have all this powdered sugar on this sheet. I don't know how to fix that. I think I can't. I'm going to get rid of the powdered sugar that I just got off of the smaller sheet. And then I think I'm going to have to just wait until I can take these off this sheet. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this parchment paper and dump it back into the sieve slash bowl. Move the cookies to a plate or some sort of serving tray. And put the rest of that powdered sugar from the parchment paper back onto the top of these cookies. Because I've turned them back over now. And I know they're still hot, but I have to try one. You know I have to try one. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're little lemon shortbread cookies. I think they'll be better when they're cooler. But they're very tart and very lemony. They're, I mean, there's a sweet contrast of the powdered sugar on the top. I think it was absolutely the right thing to put in more zest. Uh-huh. These could be trouble. They're light enough. Or I think you could eat a bunch of them at one sitting. <laughs> okay. All right, so now we know. I think these are worth your time. Add them to your cookie collection. And don't, do not wait till whatever cookie baking season is. That's crazy. These would be just as lovely in the spring as they would be in the winter. Okay, that's my two cents on cookie baking season. That's 12 months of the year, right? Please tell even just one friend that you listen to the Cook Along podcast encourage them to listen to a podcast of their choice. There are so many things available, so many recipe options and quick bites where we just talk. So many things to check out. They can decide what they like to listen to, but please ask somebody to join you in listening to this podcast. I'm going to go eat some more cookies. And so until next time, happy cooking. There is powdered sugar everywhere, man. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. 
Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cookalong podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cookalong podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.